I'm Colby McFadden, and for the last two decades, I've worked with some incredible families and individuals, helping them manage their investments and finances. I'm a father of two daughters and recently a grandfather of two granddaughters. And it really got me thinking about what resources are there for women to find a trusted, reliable source for investing in savings. So I reached out to Kristen Yoder, a good friend for years and somebody I've really appreciated their ability to call out BS. And I asked her if she'd like to work on a project where we could create a trusted resource where women could turn to, to learn about savings and investing. Hi, I'm Kristen Yoder. I'm a 16-year Los Angeles cannabis industry veteran and host of the Cannabis Detector podcast. My co-host and I have collaborated on a series of episodes focused on investing in cannabis in the past. So when he approached me about doing a podcast focused on helping women build confidence in their money management skills, I jumped at the opportunity. Over the last year, we've had a lot of individuals reaching out to us expressing to us that they feel that women have been left out of the financial conversation. And they've been asking us to put together more and more information about ways that all people, but specifically how women can learn how to take more risks in investing and no ways of protecting themselves when they decide to do that. So I reached out to Kristen Yoder, somebody that I've known for a number of years, who's worked in one of the riskiest industries known to investing, the cannabis industry. And in the past, Kristen and I have had quite a few conversations about her fears around money, her thoughts around money, some of her experiences around money. And so I thought it was a great opportunity to explore how somebody who is not necessarily all that familiar with all the ins and outs of investing, but is very familiar with a specific industry that happens to be very nascent and early for investors, which what I felt was a really good mix to have this conversation about how somebody can bridge the gap of finding opportunities while protecting themselves against the risks in a risky market. Yeah. And I am super excited to be talking about this because Like you mentioned, my background is in managing the operations of cannabis companies in nearly every sector from retail to cultivation to manufacturing to the labs, followed by management consulting, which was kind of like my first foray into, I always worked as a COO. I was not experienced with the CEO side of that. And my ex-business partner, she was a financial consultant and an accountant. And we realized that she knows the money parts. I know the operation parts. Neither of us were really that comfortable with each other's specialties. So it was like my first introduction into it. And we actually did a podcast called Cannabis Business Minds. And when you came to me about the subject, I was like, oh, man, I remember this one conversation that we had had with a very awesome woman, Renee Gagnon. She owns one of the larger publicly traded Canadian companies, Hollyweed North. She's also head of Women Grow. And I was telling you about the conversation with her that literally blew me and my business partner's minds. And it was that she's trans woman. And she was saying, look, 
I used to be a middle-aged white man, and I can tell you what the difference is between men and women, and that's that men have confidence from their testosterone. It's like liquid courage, and women have this innate sense of caring about others. And when she started taking estrogen, she noticed herself that she was like, are you doing okay? Like, are you okay? And that that's not a typical testosterone thing. And that's when it hit me. Just think like a man. Like I, as a woman, I want to work with people and I'm like, consider it. Like, can you afford this? And men don't give a fuck. In my opinion, it really doesn't seem like it. A man is like, this is how much it costs. And so I didn't have that confidence because I didn't grow up around any of that. And I was never educated on any of that. And being on my own as a woman entrepreneur, pricing had to be the hardest part because I'm uncomfortable with money. And that tends to be more common with women. And so I'm really excited to embark on this conversation because I would like to learn to be more confident with money. And we've already had so many conversations. And I think that this is just a great opportunity to educate everybody, including me, on how to build confidence as an investor without yeah, and that, testosterone. And that, that conversation with Renee is really insightful. Uh, one of the things that we've always done in the hiring process in Wall Street firms is we've always known that if somebody had a higher level of testosterone, they were going to pull the trigger in the sense that they were going to make a decision. Testosterone has an interesting thing that it does in the mind. And studies have shown that testosterone a lot of times helps people have more optimistic viewpoints of the future of what may happen when they take risks. So when we would interview for people, one of the things that we would look for is you were interviewing somebody, you would look at their hands. And one of the things that happens in utero when you're developing as a baby is if there's a higher level of testosterone, you'll find that your ring finger will be longer than your index finger. And that's one of those very subtle signs that shows that when somebody was developing in utero, that there was a higher level of testosterone. And the reason we would look for that is because then we knew maybe that individual was just going to be more of a risk taker and would be somebody that we could train for certain kinds of trading and investment thesis that were higher risk. Whereas specific to men only because... No. Well, where's my testosterone, dude? Listen to my voice. (laughs) I don't know about that, bro. I don't think I got that testosterone. Well, everything's relative, right? Everything's relative to men, women, whatever it may be. So at the end of the day, that was something that we looked for because we knew a couple things is that testosterone caused people to have action. So it's Renee was dead on with that. And that's something that's been around for quite some time. And that's why it's important to watch your stress levels, because when you're under stress, you're going to have an increase in cortisol, which is going to actually dampen your testosterone levels. There's a whole chemistry to keeping your confidence level high. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm like always stressed out. So that makes sense. And people that don't know me, I call myself the BS detector of the cannabis industry because I know where they hide all the dead bodies and how they cheat everything. And The struggle that I've always had is how are these guys that are so full of shit 
getting so much money. It doesn't even make sense. And I just always imagine that it's like women get far less investment, but they are much more judicious with their details. And maybe they're not in there being like, this is number one, whatever. It's like, yeah, we looked at this and we believe, et cetera, et cetera. And that just doesn't strike as a confident person, even though it's like just different. And so, yeah, I just started thinking like, how would a man handle this? And it made a lot of difference in my confidence, just being like, men don't give a fuck. So maybe that's well, how you approach it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things you know, I read a long time ago was a book from John Gray, who wrote Men Are For Mars, Women Are For Venus. I don't think you could get away with that title nowadays, but nonetheless, he did a follow-on book about diet and exercise for brain chemistry. And in there, he really described the different chemistry between men and women and how testosterone and estrogen play a, a significant role. And one of the things that he talks about is that men are goal-oriented. One of the reasons, as a kid growing up, all of my friends' dads had garages that they would tinker in. They had wood shops or this or that, or they worked on cars. And the reason being is that for men, when we accomplish something, even if it's just building a Lego set or whatever it may be, it actually increases our testosterone levels. So the goal orientation of how men operate. So your question was, well, how do some of these guys that you've seen in different industries, how do they raise money? How do they do these things? Well, it's because they're very goal oriented and they can shove any emotions or feelings about people aside as they are focused on the goal because the accomplishment of the goal is what matters. That's one of the weaknesses of testosterone is the pursuit of the goal for a lot of guys is more important than the outcome. And as investors, you got to be careful of that because there's the right level of testosterone in a situation. I've heard so many times, fake it till you make it, just fake it till you make it. And I'm like, I can't fake anything. My God, I wish I could fake it. But it makes sense that just fake it. Like I actually had this one awesome New Yorker sales guy. He's so dope. And he was like, go in there pissed off. You don't give a fuck. Just be mad and be like, grr, before you go up there and talk, because that exudes confidence. You're not there seeking validation. You're not seeking approval. You're owning something. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I never really thought of that. There's just so many different ways to approach this. So that's a... I think, though, for women, I think it's important that you combine some elements in the sense that faking it until you're making it may work for men and may work for certain people, but there's another way to do that, and you can do that through visualization. I find that with our female clients is that it's better to help train the mind into visualizing what you would like to see in the future and spend a lot of time quietly and in meditation, and then also with very close confidants or people that you trust, express some of the visions that you'd like to go create. You got to be very careful that and make sure that those are people that you truly trust. Because, you know, the world is full of crabs that if you tell them you want to go somewhere, they try and pull you back down. Yeah. So if you have people that you can have confidence that they're not going to do that, then express what those visions are. And what will happen is as you're doing those visualizations and concentrating on that mentally and seeing that in your mind's eye, 
it's going to start to change a little bit of that emotional response inside your body. And there's going to be a change in estrogen levels. There's going to be a change in testosterone levels. And you essentially take a playbook from the men, which is fake it till you make it. And you make it into something powerful for the way that women operate, which is, hey, we've got to operate from the heart. We've got to operate from a more sacral place, whereas men can operate from a lot of different other places. So that's really the secret. And unfortunately, this is the case of the world is a lot of the times just it's easier to be a man. My wife and I joke about it all the time. She says, you know what? I'm coming back next time as a man because it's going to be so much easier. Yeah, Um, I joke that I would like to have a man speak for me because I don't think my voice is helping me at all, which is why I'd rather just do podcasts because I can tell. I mean, I spoke to this one broadcast journalist guy and I was telling him I wanted to learn to speak more professionally or to learn how newscasters speak. And at the end of the call, he was like, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I'm working on an emoji and you would be such a great voice for it. And I'm like, this is what I, I sound like an emoji on the phone. So it's like Elizabeth Holmes, that woman sounded like a dude and she did it on purpose and she raised billions of dollars. So, I mean, yeah, there's so many different things, but I think she was pretty clued into something there. She really that could be part of your future visualizations of uh, making a fortune doing voiceovers. Right. I know. So, yeah, when you first brought up this idea and after I was thinking about what Renee said, I had done some research because that's what I excel at. I'm big on research. And so I just wanted to bring up a few different studies. So the Motley Fool had published a study and we'll include links to everything that we mentioned in the show notes. So they did a summary of 20 years of research and statistics on women and investing. And some of the points were that female investors earn better returns than men, up to 1%, according to some studies. On average, women lost 2.5% of their stock portfolio value in 2015, while men lost 3.8%. Women are less confident in their investing ability than men, though investing confidence increases with age which makes sense because that's Mm -hmm. experience and time and a better understanding of the inner workings of things. Less than 5% of women take a good deal of risk in their portfolios. Women stay the course by trading stocks and changing asset allocations less frequently than men. And despite earning 20% less, women have higher savings rates and retirement plan participation than men. So studies show that we make good investors. I remember when I was 16 reading on The Motley Fool that women make good investors because we are inherently consumers. And it's like, well, instead of buying that thing, invest in that company if they're publicly traded. Because you obviously know there's a need there. So there's another study led by researchers from the University of Alicante in Spain and University College London. And they found that High levels of testosterone and the cortisol lead investors, mostly men, to buy riskier assets, and they may contribute to price bubbles or other erratic behavior in financial markets. I quote, we found that both cortisol and testosterone shifted investment towards riskier assets. Cortisol appears to affect risk preferences directly, whereas testosterone operates by inducing increased optimism about future price changes. Our results suggest that changes in both cortisol and testosterone 
could play a destabilizing role in financial markets through increased risk-taking behavior, acting via differently behavioral pathways. Yeah. Like, that was really interesting. Yeah, neuter them all. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I mean, yeah, let's get some more women in there to balance it out a little bit, you know? Well, you know, here's the thing is all that's very true. And in my experiences of working with men and women investors, what I find is that women are much better investors once they're in an investment and where they would have the biggest weakness is actually getting into an investment, making the decision of a purchase. And I think in a lot of what you shared there also shows that as people age and they learn more, then their confidence level increases, then that gap closes. And everything's about confidence. And so I always remind people that if you're searching and trying to figure out what do you mean by confidence, then you know, just think of what the opposite of confidence is, which is essentially fear. And so fear is what keeps people from pulling the trigger or from making a decision. And the way that you overcome fears or you turn fears into confidence is through homework and research and learning. And what happens over time is you learn and you educate yourself, you have some experiences, and then with a period of time, those experiences and all those things that happen turn into wisdom. And then your confidence each step of the way is getting higher and it becomes much easier for you to make decisions later. So it's really important that if it's something that somebody wants to do in the future, you got to treat it like every, anything else in your life. If it's your health or focusing on what you eat or reducing bad habits, whatever it may be, it takes a commitment of, hey, I'm going to every week or every day, slice out whatever period of time to increase my education because I want to be confident in investing. And it's one of those things that 20, 30 minutes a day can make a huge difference in closing that gap from being a really good holder of investments and a weak executor to having strength in both areas. And women are more patient. That's why they're better. Are you curious to know more about investing? Are you looking for a resource to help answer your questions about investing? More importantly, would you like a confidant that is obliged to put your interest first, not the interest of some crazy chat board? Then visit quiverfinancial.com and sign up to attend our next event. At Quiver Financial, we are fiduciaries, which means our advice must be in line with what is best for you. Visit us today at quiverfinancial.com to learn more and get on the path to being a confident investor. So now I don't feel like a confident investor. As a matter of fact, as an advisor, a strategic advisor, I have advised investors in the cannabis industry. They weren't investing in publicly traded companies. They were accredited investors investing in private companies. And I would help them go through the pitch deck and I would come up with the things that I saw that were positive, the negatives, and a bunch of questions for them to ask the company to figure out if it was a good investment or not. And I always joke, you don't want me as your only advisor because all I see is bullshit everywhere. And it's that fear it's a fear of mine is that I wouldn't invest in that. Like who knows that all these negatives, it's hard for me to imagine investing without, I mean, I'm not an executor. I'm a planner. I get stuck. So I would love to learn how to like get past that so that I can actually 
make money. You just don't make money putting your money in the bank that there's yeah. no return on that. And that's all I've mm-hmm. ever done. So yeah. what are some ways to build confidence? Well, this is first where it's really important to understand your money personality. And your money personality is different for each person. There's some people who get a thrill out of saving money and clipping coupons, and they don't need to take any risk because those estrogen and testosterone levels get taken care of by saving and being frugal and making sure they got good deals. Then there's other people that to get their levels running, they've got to take risk. And then there's things in between where people say, no, I've got to be a responsible investor. And then some people just like to work hard. And so they want to work hard at it. So part of it is understanding how you operate as a person and then setting up your process of investing in alignment with that and making sure that once you understand the kind of investor you are and the time frame that you have for your money, are you trying to make quick profits or are you trying to be a long-term investor? Is this money for your retirement or is this money that you're trying to make some money towards a goal that you want in three years? So it's really important to understand who you are and then what your priorities are. What are the priorities that you want to take? And then from there, we can start to build a strategy about, okay, what are the kinds of assets you should look for? What are the kinds of things you need to learn more about as far as what risks you need to take? Because you're right, in this particular day and age with interest rates being essentially at zero, And the whole concept of cash is trash, it's hard to defute that right now. And so what central banks and what has happened for people is they're forced to take more risk. So now you got to be more educated. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Reddit. So I watched the whole GameStop situation. And it's so intriguing to me to watch this because these guys, I mean, some of them just invested just to screw over short sellers. And and they made a lot of money really quickly. But I know that that must be testosterone driven much more than estrogen driven. But it's like there's a difference where you're watching something volatile and you're like paying attention to it every hour versus someone who invests in an index fund and yeah. just holds on to it. Yeah. You can think of these things like archetypes. There's warrior archetypes. There's hunter and gatherers. There's different ways we can view these things. But at the end of the day, what's important in make it personal for you is we want to find a strategy that ties in with your personality. So if your past personalities in ways that you viewed an industry like cannabis or whatever it may be has been more from a cynical aspect of finding, hey, what are the things that could hurt people or that could put people at risk and let's protect them because that's what I essentially I've seen you do in the past. Well, there's a style of investing for that, which is you do your homework and you do your research and you teach people to invest in enterprises that actually make money and you become an advocate in that aspect of, hey, here's the companies that through that research and homework, I have a confidence that are cash flow positive and have all the elements of what you would think a good investment is, as opposed to something that might have a great story, but is living on investor money and is never really going to get to a point of supporting itself. So for you, it's that it would be tying in that kind of approach to then investing in accordance with that. And maybe you would even be a good short seller at some point in the future once you understood 
what makes markets move and things like that. Yeah, I always joked that I would be a short seller because I have a better eye for failing and Mm -hmm. bullshit and fraud than I do with optimism, but maybe that's because I don't have any testosterone. So optimism is not even accessible to me at this point. And I think our next episode will be getting more into what are the different investor archetypes and how to work within them and identifying that because there's also investing in private companies, which is completely different than investing in public companies. And there's shorting, there's, I don't even know, like calling and all these other things (laughs) that it's totally over my head. But at the same time, as someone who... I don't have a ton of money at all. God, I don't want to invest in the long term. If I can flip some investments and get some extra money to put into a long term or something, but then I'm totally out of my field when it comes to short term investing in a publicly traded market, unless it's cannabis. But then I'm like, yo, I don't want to support any of those people. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and that's where there's a unique challenge that we should really try and lean into there, which is. How do we make Christian Yoder an investor, a confident investor in an industry that she lacks confidence in or expand it beyond that? Because it doesn't have to be just about the cannabis industry. I mean, at the end of the day, what we really want to make sure is that you become a confident investor and that you take the inherent talents and skills that you already have. And then you go take some plays from the book of the boys. And I'll challenge you a little bit on your earlier comment about, hey, I can't change my testosterone levels. There are things you can be doing. I mean, it's just been studies that have shown that just simple things like certain poses and ways that people sit and stand can change testosterone levels just by being active and by being engaged. And so really, when you look at the elements of mastery towards investing, what you're looking at, the engagement's a really big part of it. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I welcome the challenge of getting more testosterone and building my confidence. Well, I, think then <laughs> that's, sure. I think then that what we do is we start to move forward. And what we do is we work within that challenge to make you the investor that you want to be, be the confident investor. And at the end of it, we take a portion of money and we invest it based on your decisions, based on what you've learned through that process. And the winnings or the earnings from those investments We can give to a charity. You know, maybe we give it back to some type of charity that's of importance or that is helping young women prosper and get ahead in the world. Yeah, totally. I mean, that would be really great. I think it's something that I have to get over is assuming that all companies that are publicly traded are just profit driven and soulless. And so I welcome the challenge to maybe try and find some companies that don't make my ethics scream. I mean, I've never even thought that that was possible. So I mean, challenge accepted. All right, well, then let's do it. We'll do a a combination of ethically profitable investing. I mean, making money is not a bad thing. This is a thing that I need to learn is, yo, we all need to pay our bills. So it's okay to make money. I think that's a thing that a lot of women struggle with is feeling good about asking for what we're worth instead of trying to be reasonable to appease someone else, which it does not pay y'all. Let me tell you, (laughs) speaking from experience, it does not pay. So 
Yeah. And it's important to just look at the facts is that it is the facts that on average, women make 80 cents on the dollar in a lot of the same positions that men do. And women will spend on average 12 years out of the workforce because they're usually caring for somebody, whether that's babies or parents. So, you know, that creates some very unique challenges when you take people out of the workforce for a period of time and give them a lot of distractions of caring for others. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good place to stop. And I look forward to learning and being an example for other women, we can all build our confidence together. Because I think that the financial industry is lacking feminine power. And so are a lot of companies in the C-suites. I mean, these are just known and even more so women of color. I mean, they're even less represented. And I think that we really need to embrace our strengths, learn from the guys, but also take what we know and put it together and make conscientious confidence investors. Yeah, there's powerful investing and there's forceful investing. And what we'll do here is we'll look for every way to create as much power within the investing. So it comes from a part that creates more success and good vibes. Sounds awesome. All right. Well, thank you to everyone for joining in for our first show. And we will be coming out with some different exercises and worksheets. And in the show notes, we will have links to studies and books and everything that we've referenced in this episode. And I hope you join us next time. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode of The Confidant Investor. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to sign up to our email list at confidantinvestor.com for more great tips and advice. See you next week.